Commencing countdown. Three, two, one. This is the Contracting Experience. Connecting government contracting professionals to the world around them through conversations with acquisition influencers, insights into evolving hot topics, and sharing lessons learned from the field. Greetings, contracting professionals. I want to hear about your contracting experience on the Contracting Experience Podcast. Send me an email and tell me about an experience that you've had that has impacted your program, organization, or your personal development. The topic is up to you, so you can tell me about something you or your acquisition team did that was innovative, a process you created or removed to do business better, or even a failure you experienced that you learned from. If your experience is chosen, you could be recording your own story for an episode of The Contracting Experience Podcast. This call is open to any of you government contracting folks out there that want to share your story. Email me at thecontractingexperience at gmail.com and give me a synopsis of your story in a couple paragraphs. Happy New Year, listeners. On this first episode of 2019, we sit down with Pete Herman, who is a program manager for the Air Force Installation Contracting Agency, Business Intelligence Competency Cell. He explains what business intelligence is and how acquisition teams can use it to effectively manage costs. If you haven't heard about tools like AFBIT, Procurement IQ Research Reports, or the Product Service Code Prediction Tool, I highly recommend you keep listening. Pete explains how these valuable resources can provide actionable business intelligence to your acquisition team and the Air Force. All right, Pete, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So what is the Business Intelligence Competency Cell, and how can it help the Air Force buy mission requirements better? The Business Intelligence Competency Cell is a... uh, a group of really only about four or five people uh, in a FICA KA um, where we're really, our, our aim and challenge is to provide um, tools, templates, and training out to the tactical, operational, and strategic workforce. Uh, predominantly, you know, those individuals that are um, in the acquisition workforce. However, um, we want to, you know, oftentimes go beyond that into the functional communities where um, a lot of the initial decision is, is being made from a requirement standpoint. Our efforts are to enhance data-driven decisions. Um, the, the mission of the, the business intelligence competency cell is really to um, provide actionable business intelligence uh, to Air Force cost owners through application of these tools, templates, and trainings that we're going to go over today. Um, and also, you know, then to enable cost owners to manage, uh, for us, it's installation costs because that's really the focus of FICA is, is the installations. But again, it plays into the overall acquisition community across the Air Force. So can you explain what you mean by business intelligence? Yeah, so I, I look at business intelligence as one of those ambiguous terms that uh, people will use from time to time. But um, if you asked a, a table of leaders even, in a conference room, you'd probably get varying uh, degrees of definition. So I like to keep things pretty simple. Um, I break it down into really four components. It's a collecting data, collecting information. So um, it's asking yourself uh, who, what, when, where, why, how, in terms of um, you know the requirement and procurement methods. Um, collecting that data, it obviously is not going to be uh, just from historical contracts 
spend data, although that's, that's one of our predominant um, sources for, for data. But we also look at the asset management data, and that's really when you're able to tie um, contracting data with the functional asset management data, that's really when you start to see business intelligence rather than just maybe a historical spend analysis. Yeah. So that second component is really looking to integrate um, the data sources that you do have, whether it's financial, contracting, functional type data, um, for you know deeper correlation and being being able to uh, expand the text string to understand even more at a more granular level uh, what you're looking at from a business standpoint. Um, the third component is really just then analyzing the data, right? So um, critical thinking, uh, some of this is even within our BIC, we're looking at things like machine learning and artificial intelligence and using um, operations research analysts to uh, you know, correlate and analyze this data um, in an efficient way um, so that folks don't have to just sit there and look line item by line item. Um, and then also giving that time back to the field if we can come up with some of these tools that we're going to talk about uh, that enables them to um, already have some of the initial analysis already completed uh, and then they can take it and, and focus in on whatever specifically they're looking to achieve in terms of um, whatever decision they're, they're trying to make. And then the last thing is just presenting that. So again, that's a lot of that for us is in the tools that we provide. Some of it may be in um, you know, presenting that for an acquisition strategy panel. It could be for uh, putting together an independent government cost estimate. Um, for a functional, it could be developing the requirement and ensuring that you have the necessary information from previous performance work statements uh, in order to ensure that you have the right detail that's needed for the whatever acquisition you're, you're working with. So for those folks that don't know about category management, can you give a brief explanation of what it is and how it's changing the way the Air Force and the DOD is doing business? Yeah, so category management um, is now, you know, it's, it's beyond even Air Force, it's at the federal level. Um, it's been uh, in place here now for a few years, but I'll, I'll kind of focus predominantly just on the definition of what we consider category management for those that may not know, and then kind of what we're doing from an Air Force perspective. So um, category management is, is nothing new to industry. It's actually a commercial best practice uh, that's really aimed at strategically managing costs across an enterprise or a business. It focuses for us what we're really focusing on within the Air Force is focusing on the requirement versus just purely uh, the previous acquisition or what you know contract vehicles are, are the best. It's really looking at the requirement and beginning to peel the onion back on um, what constitutes that. Uh, when you do that, you really begin to develop what the total cost of ownership is. So rather than just looking at the initial price and going, hey, we saved money, you know, by 10% of what we what we paid for this product before, we may have just in, uh, increased our training costs significantly. Right. So it's not you have to really what we say is look beyond the uh, below the iceberg of that initial price and really try to determine um, what the uh, total cost of ownership is. Um, we're we're focusing likewise within category management on innovation, making data driven decisions. Um, and another benefit of category management is um, the collaboration effort and the bridge that is provided between the acquisition community and the functional community. It's really bringing the right people together to understand uh, a specific 
um, category or requirement within that category um, in order to make better decisions for the Air Force that enhance uh, mission capability. It's not just purely about saving money, it's about um, enhancing our lethality and our mission readiness across our enterprise, which is really ultimately what our, our mission is. So what tools and templates does the business intelligence competency cell manage? And how can these tools be useful to acquisition teams? Yeah, so we have uh, predominantly three tools that I'll just kind of hit on today. Um, and then, uh, you know, I know folks will have the opportunity to, uh, to get on our SharePoint page to kind of dig into these a little bit more. But um, the three tools, the first one is AFBIT, which is the Air Force Business Intelligence uh, tool. Um, the second is that we'll talk about is the procurement IQ reports. And then the third one um, is a product service uh, search tool function that we have. So we'll start with AFBIT. Um, one of the, the most challenging things um, in terms of data analysis within the acquisition community is really trying to determine what the best source is to capture the historical spend. Um, it's not just about understanding that uh, that dollar amount, but really the contract characteristics that play into it. So things like when I say contract characteristics, I'm talking about um, uh, you know what available suppliers are are within that particular market, mm -hmm. um, small business versus large business. A lot of the different socioeconomic indicators like uh, ability one, um, 8A, service disabled, those types of things. Um, Clin description, so that's a lot of times that's the most granular level that we're going to be able to get in terms of understanding historically how much uh, we've spent in, in, in different market segments um, and contract numbers and such. So um, there's not really right now, or I should say prior to AFBIT, there wasn't um, a one-stop shop for folks to readily go and um, begin to just kind of answer some of those questions that they may have. Uh, when beginning to think about a contract recompete or beginning to, to do some market research and try to understand a little bit more about um, the, the you know, variations in requirement across the Air Force or even a region or even a base, um, as well as um, you know, uh, where they want to go in, in the future with that requirement. So um, what AFBIT is, is a, um, it's, a, it's a dashboard. Uh, ta Tableau dashboard um, that's interactive where folks can get um, on this dashboard and begin to quickly slice and dice um, historical spend data. We have, so some of the characteristics of, of Tableau, we have historically, we have five years of historical contract spend. Uh, we have an AFBIT full version and an AFBIT light. We'll focus on the AFBIT light because it doesn't require a license. It's available to anybody and everybody. It's publicly available information, so it's um, predominantly the Federal Procurement Data System Next Generation FPDS&G uh, Contract Action Report or CAR level data. Um, and so we have five years of that. We've got a handful of dashboards that focus again on uh, the tactical, operational, and strategic uh, workforce, so things like um, a base level, uh, you know, airman first class that may be really just starting to get uh, his feet, his or her feet wet on um, how to go about planning a, an acquisition. 
um, or maybe they're just coming into the base and they're trying to determine um, what's, what's predominantly the mission of this base. You can a lot of times tell by the historical spend, right? So these dashboards are very interactive, especially for the younger generation. Um, for squadron commanders to try to manage and understand the requirements both historically and then really where do they want to go from, uh, you know, in the future. Right. What are the predominant um, acquisition vehicles that they're using? Um, who's some of their top suppliers that they may want to really ensure that they're building some of that uh, supplier risk, you know, relationships right. with. Um, and then obviously, you know, at the strategic level, I mean, we have folks from the Pentagon that use these dashboards on a daily basis, honestly, when they're just trying to answer taskers in terms right. of how much we've spent or some of our process costs and things like that. A lot of times people are using contracting data. Um, so again, to kind of summarize, it's, it's five years of historical spend data. Uh, we have federal level data. So the beauty of that is that you don't just have to look at the Air Force. You can also look at your sister services as well as other federal agencies in terms of how they're spending money, maybe some of their enterprise contracts that they may have available. You can identify a lot of that by using uh, AFBIT. The second tool that we'll kind of discuss is the procurement IQ reports, uh, previously known as IBIS World reports. And sometimes when we say IBIS world, um, people are familiar with the term. There's multiple reports that you can get. Um, one in the past that we would use would, were industry reports. Mm -hmm. um, this is really, these reports are focused much more on the buyer. Um, and so what we have within a FICA is we have an enterprise license where anybody across the entire Air Force uh, has access at any time to pull these procurement IQ reports uh, at no charge. What these reports provide really um, is, you know, market segment information. So you're not just looking at one predominant NAICS code and trying to understand what the industry is. It really breaks it down. I'll give you a for instance or an example. Example of integrated solid waste management. So, uh, you know, there may be a NAICS code for solid waste, but there's numerous different types of solid waste. Mm -hmm. um, to, or there's even uh, additional segments within solid waste, things like landfill services versus just garbage pickup. Right. So these reports focus more on the, on the market segment so that you can understand the benchmark cost, mm -hmm. uh, the price drivers that play into that particular market segment, um, some of the key, uh, um, considerations when um, building solicitations, right. when negotiating, when trying to understand um, geographically what some considerations are that you may want to take into account when, right. when thinking of that particular uh, requirement. Um, it's jocked full of a lot of great information. The beauty of these is that they're standardized reports so that you can kind of become familiar with where in the report you want to go mm -hmm. to gain that information or that insight. The other nice thing, I mean, you can print these uh, off in PDF. It has a great search function. Um, it also allows you to um, click on um, a link that allows you to uh, receive email updates anytime these reports have been refreshed. Mm -hmm. They're typically um, updated on an annual basis. However, those um, those market se segments that may be a little bit more vo volatile, things like information technology, IT is changing every six months. They may right. update those reports um, even more frequently based mm -hmm. upon that particular market segment. But really, there's, there's reports in here. There's over 1,000 reports available to us at any right. point in time. So 
what we really say that is incredibly beneficial for um, the acquisition community is this is a great place to start your market research. Um, even before your market research, you know, when you're developing requirement and when you're looking at, um, as soon as you identify that you're going to be uh, working on a specific effort, going in here and searching whatever that requirement is, pulling that report down, looking through this, it gives you some, uh, some great insight uh, in, in a very quick, you know, short order um, in order to be able to, to figure out what some of those different cost components maybe um, what the uh, what what your vendors may be looking for or asking when it when it comes down to negotiation time so um, I would say that you know a lot of times in contracting we are the ones that put the contract together make sure we have all the right documents and we um, ultimately the requirement is we go through the PM for that but um, you know I would stress that in the Air Force you know we want to be business leaders and so by reviewing these reports like this um, it will help us better understand what we're buying and then we can provide input to our PMs and our technical folks on, okay, are we buying this the best way that we could be buying it? Are we making sure we're taking in, into account um, every piece of this requirement that should be so we can get the performance ultimately that we want? So I would definitely stress that contracting folks, you know, go take a look at this and, and look at these tools. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, oftentimes uh, the quickest thing, especially end of September, right? You take maybe a performance work statement or the requirement from before, and uh, you know we've all done it, and we understand why. Some of it's just the the system that the, that we work within. However, you know, taking just the the extra few minutes mm -hmm. to grab this report and take a look at some of the information honestly could could really change, um, right? And it, and and that's really where focusing on, like you said. Um, being mission-focused business leaders, what General Holt will continue to, to allude to in terms of his vision for the acquisition workforce, these are some of the tools that really enhance that um, happening. Yeah. The other tool that we'll talk about is um, the product service uh, search function. So, you know, I talk to acquisition folks quite a bit and, and those at the base level oftentimes and so we'll ask them, hey, you know, when you're trying to determine the right product service code, what, what are some of the things that you do? And so oftentimes they'll look uh, potentially at the contract before, if there was one, and uh, just go with, with whatever the product service code was. They'll, you know, use Google or other means. There's a DPAP tool out there um, that, that folks can go to. Um, but all of those things, um, really have, they have pros and cons, but a lot of times more cons than, um, than pros. What, what this product service search tool is, is so the Naval Postgraduate School uh, major, Dr. Bill Muir, who, who is the Air Force um, liaison there at Naval Postgraduate School for the Strategic Sourcing Master's Program. He, him and his team basically took this effort on from a FICA KA to try to find a um, efficient and accurate way to identify the correct product service code for different requirements. Mm -hmm. And so um, this tool, which is, it's simple, it's fscpsc.com. Um, it's publicly available. It took uh, over 20 million FPDSNG contract action report uh, records mm -hmm. and it 
conducted basically algorithms to try to determine what are the what's the best product service code for these different requirements. So what you're able to do within this tool, and I highly encourage folks to go to fscpsc.com and just play with it, put in some keywords in terms of a particular requirement. What it'll do is it'll give you a, a, a result and it, it will recommend a product service code for you. It'll also suggest different NAICS codes for that uh, product or, or service code. Um, if you find that that is uh, the correct one, you can actually hit correct to that. And through machine learning, the tool itself gets smarter. Mm -hmm. So as you tell it correct, it's going to increase basically the match quality. Right. So uh, it not only gives you just that one, but it does give you additional um, recommendations, but it'll give you a match quality based upon the keywords that you, that you input. Where this is different from, say, the DPAP tool, mm -hmm. is that if you put in, um, say, you put in integrated waste, mm -hmm. it's going to look at integrated or waste. So anywhere that within the product service code or any of those descriptions, it says integrated or waste. So oftentimes what happens is you get 700 or so product service codes, and the way that they're um, organized is, is alphabetically. So trying to really determine what the right one is for your requirement is, is extremely challenging. So this is a very simple tool mm -hmm. um, aimed at uh, identifying the right product and, and or service code. And the reason that we're putting such an emphasis on this is that in using this contracting data and then even tying it back to category management, which the federal government has come up with a uh, taxonomy in terms of what these categories are by product or service code, or, um, or federal stock class um, in order to basically, you know, for us to look at this historical spend data um, with more integrity and more consistency, we need, um, we need a tool, you know, in order to identify some of that. So that's what the, the product service code tool is. And you're trying to get, make sure we have good data going in. So we have good data coming out when we're trying to make those, you know, intelligent decisions on on which way to go in certain business situations. Absolutely, absolutely. Can you provide some examples of how these tools have been used to provide actionable business intelligence to Air Force teams in order to effectively manage costs? Within a FICA, we have um, enterprise sourcing squadrons that regularly will use these tools from a enterprise or regional strategic sourcing standpoint, right? Looking at um, multiple, well, looking at requirements across, again, a region or an enterprise, some of these tools are, or really all of these tools, aid in them identifying what right looks like. Um, when you put some of these tools in place, um, if you um, are looking historically at uh, one way that um, an acquisition was conducted and aren't looking at it holistically, then you just magnified a, a, a less than ideal decision for the Air Force. In fact, you took it from one base and you aggregated that across many. Um, so, you know, the local cons, uh, we contracting squadrons at the base levels, they use these on a regular basis. Um, we've gotten uh, quite a bit of inputs in our um, cost savings tracker that basically tracks rate process and demand savings um, across at FICA. Mm -hmm. And through um, the use of these tools, uh, they're able to say, hey, here's some different um, 
rate process and demand type uh, savings efficiencies that we've been able to capture. Um, from a category management standpoint, um, we use, I'll give you the, the example of integrated solid waste management. So in terms of using these tools from an integrated solid waste management standpoint, trying to understand, okay, what are the predominant contract numbers across the Air Force for integrated solid waste management? We're able to use AFBIT to be able to identify across the Air Force what those potential contracts might be. Mm -hmm. Again, that tells us who the contractors are, how much we're spending, what those contract numbers are if we want to go and try to dig a little bit deeper and identify the performance work statements to potentially do a PWS frequency analysis, which oftentimes we'll do. Um, also tells us small business versus large business and then the different socioeconomic indicators like I talked about. So sticking in that same vein of integrated solid waste management where we might use um, and where we did in fact use the procurement IQ reports, we then were able to tell, okay, what is the benchmark cost per ton for integrated solid waste management from an industry standpoint? That's the same way, that, that's the industry benchmark is the cost per ton. We were able to then get with the functional community, uh, Air Force Civil Engineering Center and, and ask them, hey, does the, do the basis track this down to um, the cost per ton? They, they in fact do per the AFCOLs, which is Air Force Common Output Levels of Service. We aggregated data from the um, base level uh, what they call sub-AMP data, which is essentially asset management data. And through that, we were able to look and see for every base, what is their average cost per ton at that base for integrated solid waste management. That We were then able to compare that to the industry average in the procurement IQ report mm -hmm. um, in order to really just gauge, are we, are we way higher, are we way lower? And there's reasons a lot of times for, for those, but it, right. it's a great indication as to kind of where you lie within um, the commercial industry. Mm -hmm. um, the other things we were able to look at is, you know, as I stated, what's some of the cost drivers that, that drive up costs within integrated solid waste management? What we learned was, you know, those, those big trash trucks only get three to five miles per gallon. So to move those things around is an incredible cost. So when we think, you know, I'll give an example of if we think um, the, the garbage collector should go from building one to building two, but on an Air Force base, building one and two aren't always right next to each other. We just increase costs significantly, three to five miles per gallon, because we put something in a requirement that says you have to go from building one to building two. Those are some of the things that honestly we've seen in digging through some of the contract data that drive up cost and uh, you know just are not uh, are not smart right. business leader decisions. And so those are some of the things that we're able to identify through even just the use of these two two tools, right. the AFBIT and Procurement IQ report. And we've got you know quite a few additional examples through um, category management and the category intelligence reports that we do, which again are. Um, using um, business intelligence principles to really break down that requirement, taking a look at it from a 360 degree uh, uh, viewpoint. And we start with these tools. Right. That's, that's the predominant thing is that we identify what vendors we want to maybe go sit down and talk with and interview and try to understand how we could do, how we could be a better customer or, you know, how they could serve us better um, through requirements and through the services. So, FICA is focused on managing installation costs. However, can you share some ways 
acquisition professionals working other types of buys, like weapon systems acquisition, can use the tools provided by the business intelligence competency cell. Yeah, so I'll focus, or I'll go back to the procurement IQ reports. Another function of the procurement IQ reports, they have um, price driver profiles for things like metals, so steel, aluminum, uh, fuel, oil. So all of those things are key cost drivers when we're talking about weapon systems. So understanding where those are at, um, even though we have the Buy American Act, a lot of times, you know, we may be buying from a, a U.S. company, but where they get all of those things and how it all gets aggregated together and how the stock market plays into all of these things, that really where from a holistic standpoint of an economic uh, perspective, mm -hmm. a lot of that is, is gained outside of even just the standard procurement IQ reports, but also in additional blogs and additional um, profile reports that are available uh, through this procurement IQ link that, that is available to all of the Air Force. Likewise, the beauty of the contracting data that we have within AFBIT is, is not purely uh, focused on uh, operational contracting squadrons at the installation levels. We do have, like I stated earlier when describing AFBIT, five years of complete car level federal procurement data system, next generation data um, that will allow you to break it down by any component being used um, at, at weapon system level. So both of these, these and even from a product service code uh, search function, likewise, when you're buying pieces and components for a weapon system, um, you can plug in those search function uh, or those, those keywords into the search function and you'll be able to get a, a good return on that as well. Yeah, when you mentioned that, and when I was introduced to AFBIT, I thought that's exactly what I was thinking from like a web systems PCO standpoint back when, when that was my role was this would be a good way to find out who else is buying the same stuff that I'm buying, whether it be the Navy or whoever else, that I could talk to those PCOs and those program managers to see how are they dealing with the contractor and what's the contractor telling them um, because, you know, that would be an easier way to connect with folks that are you know, in the same situation as you buying similar things. Absolutely, yeah, and and quite quite frequently, that's what we even um, will do within just the principles of category management is looking outside what we say outside the fence line, right? So outside the base or maybe outside the SPO and go, hey, who else can we talk to to understand maybe some innovation, um, different ways to procure this, or like I stated, even economical things that uh, considerations that you need to take into place right. that maybe you didn't the time right. when you procured this before. So really taking that next step to identify um, who and, and what you need to, to find. And in doing that, um, these, these tools allow you to really have some information prior to going to the table with the Army or Navy or right. with a vendor. It allows you to understand and have a little bit of foundation before you go in. They also allow you to um, be a little bit more uh, focused and organized when developing things like requests for information, right. um, when developing questionnaires that you may send out to either a data call to the field or even when you're going to sit down with uh, vendors um, at an industry day, things like that. Uh, these types of things will tip you off to additional questions that you may not have asked right. if you didn't review some of this data and some of this information. No, that's great. So where should the acquisition workforce go for more information on the tools, templates, and training that the business intelligence competency cell provides? Yeah, so we have a business intelligence competency cell SharePoint page. Um, that You can get to that off of the AFICA main page. 
um, under enterprise sourcing and all of our tools templates and training are located there likewise if you have uh, any interest in understanding anything more on the category management piece and how all of this kind of fits together and what's happening from that perspective all of that is available on the FICA uh, page as well um, the PSC tool uh, search tool that I was talking about again is fscpsc.com and then if you literally go into Google and you search AFBIT Light, L-I-T-E, uh, you can pull up the AFBIT from your phone, you can pull it up from your government computer, your personal computer. Like I stated, it's publicly available on Tableau's server. Well, thank you, Pete, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. If you have suggestions for topics or people to interview or feedback on the podcast, you can submit those at thecontractingexperience at gmail.com. I want to thank you all for listening to the Contracting Experience Podcast. Until next time, keep connecting to the world around you.